Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 41 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today, we're going to discuss the continuing drought and ways that could save farm water. Saving water on farms sounds great, but there is no incentive to saving water. We'll talk about that and how the state of Colorado could promote water savings as a way to get more water to cities without having to buy and dry. Wouldn't that be nice? But as usual, there's a problem hidden in the legalities of saving farm water. Laws would have to be changed to benefit those farmers who save water. But let's first talk about the existing drought. Even the New York Times is taking note. They published an article in their February 14, 2022 edition telling how severe the drought in the West has become. They report that the current drought is the worst in 1,200 years. How do they know that? Tree rings. Tree rings are a year-by-year measurement of growth, wider in wet years, thinner in dry ones. Using observational climate data over the last century, researchers have been able to closely link tree ring width to moisture content in the soil, which is a common measure of drought. Then they have applied that width-moisture relationship to data from much older trees. The result, quote, is an almost perfect record of soil moisture over 12 centuries in the Southwest, said Dr. A. Park Williams, a climate scientist at the University of California, Los Angeles. Dr. Williams led an analysis using tree ring data to gauge drought. His conclusion? The year 2000 to 2021 is the driest 20-year period since 800 A.D. Why 800 A.D.? That's as far back as the data goes. This drought has reduced water supplies devastated farmers and ranchers, and helped fuel wildfires across the region. Dr. Williams thinks that the current drought has been fueled by climate change. It could have only been the worst drought in the last 500 years, but exceptional conditions in the summer of 2021, when about two-thirds of the West was in extreme drought, pushed it over the top. The analysis showed that human-caused warming played a major role in making the current drought so extreme. There would have been a drought regardless of climate change, Dr. Williams says, but its severity would have been only about 60% of what it was. Dr. Julie Cole, a climate scientist at the University of Michigan, who was not involved in the research, said that while the findings were not surprising, the study just makes clear how unusual the current conditions are. 
Dr. Cole said the study also confirms the role of temperature more than precipitation in driving exceptional droughts. Precipitation amounts can go up and down over time and can vary regionally, she said. But as human activities continue to pump greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, temperatures are more generally rising. With hotter temperatures, the air is basically more capable of pulling the water out of the soil, out of vegetation, out of crops, out of forest, Dr. Cole said, and it makes drought conditions much more extreme. Although there is no uniform definition, a mega drought is generally considered to be one that is both severe and long, on the order of several decades. But even in a mega drought, there can be periods when wet conditions prevail. It's just that there are not enough consecutive wet years to end the drought. That has been the case in the current western drought, during which there have been several wet years, most notably 2005. The study published in the journal Nature Climate Change said climate change was responsible for the continuation of the current drought. By our calculations, it's the little bit of extra dryness in the background average conditions due to human-caused climate change that basically kept 2005 from ending the drought event, Dr. Williams said. As Colorado warms, dry soil sucks up more water. That's bad news for rivers and farmers. Climate change also makes it more likely that the drought will continue, their study found. This 22-year drought is still in full swing, Dr. Williams said, and it is very, very likely that this drought will last at least one more year. This year could end up being wet, he said, but the dice are increasingly loaded toward this year playing out to be an abnormally dry year. Samantha Stevenson, a climate modeler at the University of California, Santa Barbara, who was not involved in the study, said the research shows the same thing that projections show, that the Southwest, like some other parts of the world, is becoming even more parched. Not everywhere is becoming increasingly arid, she said, but in the western U.S. it is for sure. And that's primarily because of the warming of the land surface with some contribution from precipitation changes as well. We're sort of shifting into basically unprecedented times relative to anything we've seen in the last several hundred years, she added. Wow, now that is scary. If you're a farmer or a rancher with senior water rights, you may not have to worry. Because remember, a senior water right gets all the water he ever got. Pity those with more junior rights. With continuing drought and more senior rights calling for water, the lesser rights start getting their water shut off earlier in the year. 
and it's in the drier years that the senior water rights holders are calling for more water. If I thought I might be called out and lose my crops, I'd be very worried. And I'm sure farmers read the same projections from the same respected sources that I get mine. But there are ways to grow more, or at least the same, with less water. How much less? I'm not sure. But I do know drip irrigation works, and many farms are investing in that type of irrigation. And at least sprinkler irrigation requires less water to be applied to the ground than flood irrigation. And then there are farmers that are using regenerative farming methods. We'll talk about regenerative farming techniques in a minute. All three types save water. Or at least farmers don't have to put as much water on the farm to grow the same crops. It sounds like they can save water, right? They may save some water that is applied to the farm, but I'm not sure they would save consumptive use. It seems they would because there would be less evaporation. I think the crops would require the same amount of water to grow. It will take someone with more knowledge than me to figure out how much water could be saved. We need more studies from CSU to quantify actual savings. And if farmers can figure out ways to save their consumptive use water, should the state incentivize them? Maybe pay them for savings similar to the proposal to pay urbanites to rip up their yards and install less water-intensive landscaping. I'll give you my take on incentivizing farmers to save water in a few minutes, but let's first understand regenerative agriculture. It seems to be a new buzzword in agriculture. James Eklund referred to it in his interview. He said it meant different things to different people. Lowell King, a farmer in the Grand Valley since 2005, is using it and singing its praises. The Colorado Sun interviewed King for his perspective on water and his brand of regenerative agriculture. The February 13, 2022 Sun article was most informative. Tiny white spots in the dirt indicates mold, King says. Anytime you can see stuff like mold, that's fungi. And there's all this other good stuff, and these roots intertwined. That's what increases your water infiltration. King has been farming in the Grand Valley since 2005. For the first 10 years, he followed the same practices as other farmers in the area, thinking that they probably knew what was best for the area. Then, King heard a talk at a soil conference about the basic tenets of regenerative ag, which prioritizes limiting any disturbance to the soil as a means to improve the health and yield of a crop. That presentation led King to radically change the way he farms 
his 300 acres of hay, small grains, corn, and cover crops. King has become something of a self-taught dirt guru. One of the stark differences between conventional farming and regenerative agriculture methods is that regenerative ag farmers don't till farms to prepare to plant a crop. The thinking is that churning up the dirt is about the worst thing you can do to a field, and that maintaining soil that's full of organic matter such as root systems, earthworms, and fungi helps grow a more productive crop. At first, King was driven by a desire to improve his bottom line, saving on labor and fuel costs and wear and tear on equipment. At the end of the day, we're doing this for a living, King says. In 2018, King sold $200,000 of tillage equipment and went all in on no-till and planting rotational cover crops. He said the results have been exceptional. Plus, in a state gripped by a punishing decades-long drought where every drop of moisture is precious, King realized he was using less water. He said, What I can tell you is that every year I do this, the amount of water I meter is decreasing and we're growing more crops. We can actually increase production. According to the Natural Resources Conservation Service, Every additional 1% of organic matter in soil increases the water-holding capacity of the soil by 27,000 gallons per acre. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Brian Reed, instructor of sustainable agriculture at Colorado Mesa University in Grand Junction, said, If you have organic matter in the soil, you have these little sponges that can hold on to the water. It keeps the moisture there in your field so you don't have to irrigate as often. Peter Cabot, a water resources specialist with Colorado State University, said he thinks regenerative agriculture, to the extent it involves farming that allows farmers to divert less water or plant crops that use less water, does have a role to play in the larger water conservation happening statewide and across the West. There's a catch, though. There's simply no way for a farmer to benefit from water-saving practices. No incentive. It's sort of a use-it-or-lose-it system. Right now, any water saved just stays in the river and is used by the next farmer on down the river. Shouldn't Colorado find some way to allow cities to partner with farmers and use this saved water? Cities could help farmers install drip irrigation or convert to sprinklers or encourage the use of regenerative agriculture. Or maybe, as James Eckland was hinting, let investors stay in the farming business, but be able to sell their saved water. This would require changes in our laws. 
our laws on water rights do not match early 21st century needs. They are still based on 19th century logic. Let our governor appoint knowledgeable people to a commission to come up with recommendations on saving water in agriculture. Let's implement some needed changes to our water laws. I should meet Lowell King. He has said he is not interested in politics, but someone has to educate our legislature on today's needs. Maybe he and I could be a two-man marching band touting the benefits of saved water. Lowell, if you're listening, contact me at Tommy at nowater.com. I continue to say that I am not anti-farm, but future city water has to come from reallocation or sharing of existing water rights. Usually that means from farms. Because some farmers are retiring without an heir that wants to stay in farming, some farms will be bought and the water removed. But if incentivized, others may want to save water and work with cities so both urban and rural benefit. I'd like to see that. When King hears about proposals to save water by drying up farmland, by and dry, he thinks, why can't we just be more water efficient instead? Rather than paying farmers to let a field set fallow, why not pay them to plant cover crops that use less water? He went on. The thing that really frustrates me about that is that part of the solution to the water problem is to improve soil health. And when you take land out of production and let it sit fallow with nothing growing, that is one of the worst things possible for soil health. Could this work on a larger scale? Peter Cabot, the water resources specialist with Colorado State University, said there's probably still a little too much tinkering involved to attract the largest farming operation. They have an entrenched business model, he said. Most of them are very set in their operation ways. King recognizes that changing habits is one of the biggest challenges in spreading this philosophy he's become passionate about. There's a lot of farmers who see what we're doing and they're interested, but they just can't get the mindset shift, he said. It's tough because when what we're taught grows a good crop, for example, Plowing a field is what grows a good crop, right? Well, now, when I say I don't plow, that destroys your soil, it's the exact opposite. King has managed to convert his brother and brother-in-law, and collectively they manage 800 acres using these practices. King worries about the balance between city use and farm use, particularly in drought times. His farm is in the Colorado River Basin. In 2000, the river system in this basin was 95% full. As of fall 2021, 
the reservoirs were at 39% capacity, the lowest levels ever. Meanwhile, population growth across the West has increased demand. King worries that big cities, domestic use, will always get the water at the end of the day. If there's a shortage, agriculture loses every time. For his part, King just hopes that farmers aren't looking back in five or ten years wishing they had done more, whatever it might be, to manage their water. Regardless, King feels privileged to use the Colorado River to make a living and support his family, his wife, and their daughters. As a Christian, I think we're stewards of the land, he said. It's not really mine. We've been given it, and it's my responsibility and duty to take the best care of it I can. We need to make better use of the water. We have a lot of room for improvement. We're trying to do our part here. He thinks other people should have the privilege of using that water too. He knows ag is a big part of the overall consumption. Statewide, the industry accounts for more than 80% of water use in Colorado. Wow, I know I've quoted King a lot in this episode, but he says really good things. We need more people like him talking about water use. He doesn't want to be a politician, but I may start a movement to draft him into the legislature. At least I want to meet him. What do you think? Give me your thoughts at tommy at nowater.com. That's K-N-O-W hyphen water.com. Even in drought times, we are fortunate that water still cascades down our mountains to form beautiful mountain streams. A way to remember and think about how important water is to all of us. Let's go take a listen to my favorite mountain stream. See you next time.